Welcome to the IBM Podcast Network. You're listening to TFG Football. Well, here we are back again with another episode of the TFG Football, just like our man Joshua says it in the start. Uh, so before we get down to the actual business for today, what we are going to talk about, uh, before, let's see what has happened around in Indian football. Well, two major points coming out. Uh, East Bengal has signed Ildar Amirov, a player from Kyrgyzstan. And to talk a little about that, uh, Chiranjit is joining me via Skype. Uh, so as the usual disclaimer that goes, well, he's aware from the studio, so you shall hear some disturbance. Please do not hang up at that because we have really good information on today's show. So, Charanjit, how does this player look like? Is he promising? A good signing for East Bengal? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Uh, he is uh, from the, uh, you know, uh, he was born in the Soviet Union, later became a Kyrgyzstan uh, citizen, I think. That's, that's how it works. I don't really know exactly how the nation dividing works. So, tall forward, mm-hmm. six two inches and all that stuff. Uh, he's uh, he's played for the Kyrgyzstan national team since uh, uh, 2006. Yeah. Although I don't really think like the uh, his his uh, uh, record has been glowing. Like he's played 33 international matches, scored only two goals. That's that's not the best kind of uh, forward you want. Right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, but you know uh, that that was uh, at a very different level. I mean, I the first time I saw him was in 2010 when he was uh, playing against India in the AFC Challenge Cup. Hmm. Uh, if I remember, he scored uh, against India. So that that was one of the highlights of his career right there. But uh, the guy has hit a bout of form uh, recently from what I'm uh, looking at online. A 30-year-old uh, forward, uh, he was playing for Turan Spor uh, at the Turkish Amateur League. Hmm. Okay, And uh, he has scored 42 goals in 31 matches. Okay. Okay, 42 goals in 31 matches in, in any league is no joke. Yeah, it's a big but, thing. But again, yeah, but, but then again, my concern is that he was playing at an amateur setup. Hmm. Okay, so obviously there will be some kind of, uh, you know, uh, quality difference with the professional league. But still, it's a, it's a, you know, you can say it's comparable if, if you are playing at the, you know, at, at the Turkish amateur league and you're coming to the Indian professional league. Yeah. So I think I think they are just looking at uh, the p- past performances he has had uh, in subcontinent, uh, you know, playing uh, against India and stuff, and saying, yeah, okay, uh, this guy is effective, and uh, he qualifies for the Asian quota, so obviously he can uh, come in and. Uh, you can expect him to have a decent run in the I think. Yeah, well, uh, it it would be a challenge for him. And if he emerges out with flying colours, one will have to wait and see till the end of the season. Now, moving on to another uh, club. We did speak about this uh, while reviewing uh, uh, the matches that they had. So, Chennai City were facing a bit of problems uh, with their venues. And now here yeah. they are looking at an alternative venues. Any updates on that, Saranjit? Yes, from what I'm hearing, uh, they are looking at, uh, uh, like, they, they don't want to really play uh, the rest of their games over there. But the problem is there are not many AIFF standard uh, uh, grounds uh, in Tamil Nadu, uh, which can be used for football. So, uh, in, in Chennai, there are not many options. Like, uh, you know, Jawaharlal Nehru Stadium, that's it. Hmm. You're not going to get much more than that. And... Uh, then again, you—I mean—we discussed this in detail uh, in the last uh, uh, show, yesterday's yeah. show, that uh, 
you know the pitch is in a terrible condition you know it it, it seems like they wanted the pitch to go bad they didn't take uh, take any care of it so why would you play like 3 4 lakhs uh, per game if you don't even get the minimum requirement they didn't even get the dugout ka jo shade hai chairs ke piche even that wasn't there they had taken that out right so it's it's complete uh, mess that uh, they are being handed down and they they have to pay a premium price for it of course they don't want to do that hmm. but there again the the uh, you know options that they are looking at the options they have oh, dundigul uh, is a town on the edges of tamil nadu that has come up as an option so they have a ground over there with like uh, 10000 capacity but that's 400 plus kilometers away from chennai yeah and so so you are you are completely sending a club to exile and and we saw last time you know mumbai fc going to exile it wasn't mm. a pleasant period right. right it it completely cripples a club because you know you're not playing for your core fan base mm. so the the entire long term vision that you want to work towards that gets derailed so it's it's sad that they are in this situation but I don't know. Maybe I'm. I'm hoping you know they, they just uh, take care of the ground, lay down some new grass, and uh, make it better uh, before you know before the next game and uh, lower their rent because obviously you know at at right now they are not getting their money's worth out of uh, Jawaharlal Nehru Stadium. So the best solution I think is some kind of compromise is reached between the SDAT, uh, Sports Development Authority of Tamil Nadu, and Chennai City, and they use the use a more you know. improved version of the jawaharlal nehru stadium otherwise we're looking at hardship yeah yeah uh, pretty much difficult times for chennai city a new club into the i league but hopefully they see light at the end of it and now moving on to the big thing that we have on the show today uh, it's the interview you know chiranjeet had this conversation with mr shaji prabhakaran he is the fifa south asian regional football development officer and this was uh, back when he was launching a book uh, shaji prabhakaran his book a title back to the roots and uh, th- on the sidelines Chiranjit had a conversation with him so Chiranjit before we had another conversation what was the main crux of it was it about the book was it about he is the fifa development officer so what was you know the talks and did he speak mainly about the merger or anything related to indian football we touched on everything like he is uh, you know one of the people to talk to about uh, indian football you right. know, he he comes comes like has a very unique life okay mm. uh, like he started out as a player became a coach then moved into uh, you know administration then uh, first worked with AIFF then moved on to FIFA and now he is the development officer of not only south asia but central asia okay so he's somebody who travels the world who sees football cultures throughout the continent and he can bring in the perspective like that that's what you get from him when you speak to him he's very frank to talk to his uh, i mean he he comes from the same uh, kind of middle class roots that most of us come from hmm. he understands why you know football uh, is not taking root at uh, some kind of uh, you know some parts of the country you know which, which is what his book is about yeah. uh, you know back to the roots so uh, yeah you can uh, you can look it up on the internet i think it's available on amazon yeah and uh, he, he he has uh, It, it's that kind of frankness that he talks about, you know, all the problems, all the uh, challenges that we are facing, mm-hmm. and he can he brings in this unique perspective where he compares it with 
द चैलेंजेस ही सीज इन अदर कंट्रीज यू नो ईस्टर्न यूरोप और मे बी अफगानिस्तान और समवेर एल्स so he can say like okay they have those problems and they used these methods to overcome them we can do the same hmm. we can uh, even do better right so that's that's what he 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 brings in this entire aura of optimism about uh, the challenges that we have and uh, it was it was a pretty long conversation hmm. because uh, you know he's an engaging person like that yeah. and it it compassed everything from his experiences to the realities and challenges that we are facing uh, in indian football so yeah so like uh, thing without wasting much time we should just hear what the man has to say i mean like you yeah. like you mentioned he is the one uh, man to you know listen to talking about indian football and various other things related to football so here you go at what point like did you realize that you know football is going to be what you would build a career and a life on i see i think very early when i you know joined my professional college and then at the age of 19 itself i made my mind that i have to do something in football but then very at that stage it was you know to become a player you know more focus on my training and all but then i always had in my mind i have to do something different but not the uh, but not the usual thing uh, and uh, it was not easy because i could not see anybody whom i can emulate or you know because in india as there was no uh, professional administration in sports or a uh, career in sports so therefore uh, it was a difficult difficult decision and but then i always knew uh, i'll end up uh, you know doing something uh, it was a huge risk because uh, i have to you know to go against my parents wishes uh, because every you know nobody can uh, be sure at that time you know what you end up doing because i was spending more time you know gaining knowledge educating myself and then looking for opportunity so it took uh, me almost 9 years you know 9 uh, and 1/2 years to you know to, to get something but then at that time i started as a coach then because that's that was the only opportunity and i'm very lucky that i got that opportunity to work uh, in academy uh, and it was started uh, in 2000 in chandigarh and uh, we could produce you know six international players uh, and out of uh, 18 players in india team my five players played Yeah, and then uh, in the first 11 there were five of them playing you know that was a uh, highly recognizable and you know impactable work we have done and that but i never wanted to be a coach because i knew knew my limitation uh, that i won't you know, want to be a coach but i want to be an administrator but then again it was not clear uh, therefore you know i have to really uh, have to keep my patience you know and then uh, sacrifice a lot because uh, you know you are not uh, doing something for you know, the money but just for the passion and that passion you know remain intact in me and it only grown yeah uh, and that's uh, maybe because you know i'm i that was my life football was my life football is my life uh, from the beginning uh, and that's it you know that's all so i came reached to this level today as well so so uh, did the lack of professional guidance from the administrators when you were a player 
did that you know leave an impression on you and made you feel like okay this is a void that i need need to fill going forward yeah there there was no guidance at all you know there was no structure at all there was no even till uh, 18 i never had a coach you know we used to play but then our seniors used to guide and we never even uh, were told you know to warm up in a way yeah so that was you know because we were i grown and brought up in a, in a very remote place of bengal in duars you know where uh, people doesn't go to school you know there is illiteracy and the infrastructure is an issue you know then sports is you know very very backward but then people play and because sports is you know kind of uh, uh, you know positive thing what is happening and football is kind of the major sport there so i was lucky to you know get associated with football because the football pitch was just a kilometer from my house uh, and we had a street you know which is almost you know uh, no vehicles you know for 90% of the time uh, just in front of our house so therefore we ended up playing there you know but with no guidance with no uh, with no structure but then you know but it helped us as an individual uh, and that has you know that has helped me to you know take football as a career so first first time when you like started uh, you know observing things out there what was the big difference that came to your mind between india and maybe some of the more developed countries in asia so the first major experience i had you know was in 2004 Uh, no 2001 uh, that was my first trip abroad you know, for me it was a personal investment to you know uh, get my you know coaching certificate from uefa and when i was there in the course i would see you know the huge gap uh, what you know we were gone through and what we see you know among even the best teams in india uh, and what they were doing you know it was a huge huge gap I really saw that you know uh, though I knew but then practically I never knew you know what is a you know everybody is talking in europe this happens that happens but when you see you know again you kind of realize oh you know this is something else you know what we are kind of even know and what we are doing you know is really something different yeah also that was the first experience for me you know in scotland uh where they were we were from many countries uh, and and then that was from us from morocco uh, from uh, uh, even uh, some guy were there from iraq uh, and then uh, local europeans canadians all were there so we had a you know good great 15 days there and then i could you know discuss with each and every one and then whatever they are you know taking through us you know it was like everything was new to me So there was i was thinking we are not you know we are so backward in terms of you know what we are doing but then here at that time there was no structure and uh, there was no program to develop football and the coach education was just you know uh, not a regular thing here as well so the, and that really opened up me you know and then i could relate that to my education what i have studied and then you know it really given me a new perspective okay what to do and then the second major experience came you know i attended a uefa course in in uh, norway 
uh, Oslo. There again, you know, all the stars were there, big stars like Boban, then a few Argentinian, few German, and then interacting with them, you know, the, how the grassroots is done. You know, that's really given me an entirely new perspective about grassroots, which again, I had some feeling, but then, you know, you have to experience it, you know, and then it really opened up again. Oh, this the grassroots football, you know, has a has to be done in a particular way, and then I kind of build on to that knowledge, experience, my exposure there. So that's how you know I then from that point of time, you know, uh, I came back in India, and then 2005, I was the first to do a grassroots course and a festival in 2005. That was the first time ever. And it was a fabulous event because everyone kind of got into, you know, what the, even the coaches, you know, they got a new perspective, how to coach kids, how to deal with kids, how to organize program. Because I personally, you know, because I thought whatever I gained, I should share. So I made a request to AFF, can I do it? So it was, you know, took time, but then they agreed. It was really, I'm thankful to them. But then we didn't have a plan. Otherwise, you know, if we, what I started in 2005 had, there been a you know uh, kind of a uh, skill light up or a progression had a, a you know, yeah then would have we you know, we only started our grassroots in 2012 in a way now so we like say seven years we missed but then that's you know but again some now things are happening so I am really happy you know the 2012 is really a, a year where a lot of uh, new things have been initiated and is the right way. So, and it's growing now. So, uh, you went to do the uh, licensing course uh, in 2001, right? Uh, so, that was still the time when the Subhash Bhaumik and uh, you know, Subrata Bhattacharyas of the world were dominating uh, the National Football League. So, what what motivated you to sort of break path from that and try something else? Uh, no, because see, I always know, you know, and always experience that, you know, you have to have the knowledge and you have to build your capacity and you cannot you know rely on what you are today so you have to always you know add on always you have to build so therefore you know they at that time the system never demanded you know because they were ex-players you know and the system never demanded that you have to be qualified to be a coach and they were the names so therefore you know i won't blame them you know, because at that time had been a system, okay, only the A license or a B license can coach. So they would have taken their licenses, you know, seriously and they have done. But because it was not compulsory, it was not mandatory. So therefore, you know, that time has gone. Now, you know, now it is compulsory. So that is a good change. Yeah. Even because, you know, playing is one thing, coaching is different. Yeah. And it is a totally different ball game. So you were, uh, like, uh, so you... Started working with uh, you know, AIFF, then AFC, FIFA. So, uh, one of the experiences that really moved you, uh, can you single one out for us? Oh, see, like, like uh, for in going, my going abroad and seeing something. Yeah, like in my job, you know, I really get exposed and get experience, you know, in many of the things which really encourages me, you know, and feel, uh, you know, motivated. 
बिकॉज वेदर यू नो वेन वी स्टार्टेड ए एफ सी प्रोग्राम इन मणिपुर द वे वी काइंड ऑफ यू नो क्रिएट फ्रॉम जीरो टू ग्रेट गुड ग्रास रूट स्ट्रक्चर इट वॉज टू सी दैम यू नो दे डूइंग यू नो विथ हार्ट आउट यू नो नॉट फॉर लुकिंग फॉर एनी कॉमर्शियल गेम्स ओनली फॉर द लव ऑफ द गेम यू नो दैट रियली मूव मी you know they have done it you know they they're doing it so it's really you know you, and then i went out of the way to help them yeah because you know you feel that you, they must be encouraged more you know that if you if i travel to afghanistan when i see you know children playing you know women playing girls playing you know and then they you see the passion you know they kind of uh, take so much risk to play football because that gives you the happiness you know the freedom and and the moment to enjoy life you know it really moves you because they take you know they they uh, it's really not easy but they do things you know in a, in a much committed way you know and like like you know the game is like a uh, true religion and it really moves you and and it is not that you know there is huge fund you know they do with little more that really moves me there are countries you know they don't cry about you know we don't have money but then they only cry about uh, you know we want to do more and more you know they themselves to say okay we want to do more you know and they kind of find their ways and means uh, it's not all about money you know it's about taking initiatives and you know um, uh doing it uh, uh with all the dedication yeah that's what uh, encourages me motivates me and i you know and i get doubly motivated to support each of those initiatives so so uh, you had a transition from like a starting from a fan to a player into a administrator so when you're looking at the game from outside you know the f- usual fans emotion is that you get frustrated with a lot of things not happening you get angry why are we not doing this how why are we not doing that so you must have gone through those times as well so going from that to becoming one of the in you know, a part of the administration and taking initiatives how does the face shift uh, work yeah see it really first uh, when you are you know fan you are more frustrated when you see you know things are not happening in terms of performance in terms of you know things you know that should be there it is not happening when uh, uh but uh, you know when you get into the system you you come to know the realities you know you understand the constraints you understand the challenges because you yourself are dealing so therefore you know it gives you a kind of understanding okay yeah this is possible this is not possible you know uh, and that that has really helped me as also grown because i was like a kind of an activist when i was working even the federation you know i i will uh, tell to my boss you know why you are not doing this you know why you are not uh, uh, giving me this responsibility you know uh, this this we can do you know I, and i won't uh, agree to things uh, and i'll be straight forward so i was a kind of an activist which you know it has got its own consequences i had to face those consequences but it's fine where i regret some of my actions uh, but then uh, some of the actions you know i feel proud that you know i could go and tell people you know this is should be done and it is not fair uh, but yeah what important is you know for me and my experience is like we have to find solution for every problem uh, and it is not that we have to always complain 
oh this is not happening that's not happening but then can we go or meet people and discuss solution and say that we we can be part of it yeah so therefore everyone in the ecosystem you know ha- can play a role uh, and if uh, you know i understand the frustration and you know uh, the lack of uh, progress in many aspects but then uh, when we are doing something we will understand you know that oh, this can only happen you know through this mechanism not the mechanism what as an individual we think so therefore as institution how things can work you know it doesn't work as an individual because it's different because in the institution in a structure you have to take people along yeah uh, you have to you know go work as a team is is when when you are at in responsibility you understand that you know this decision uh, will work better and that decision might not work better in the long term in the short term and uh, therefore in a developing country most of the decisions have to be you know decisions have to be taken on a long term impact yeah definitely you have to have certain short term goals which is you think one can achieve definitely should be you know taken and it should be well communicated the the problem of the frustration uh, with the fans and the other stakeholders are primarily because when there are no communication when there are no you know uh, what is called transparency huh? if if any of the organization are transparent are kind of communicating proactively not kind of reacting so therefore you you have already win the battle because you already telling your fans your community your stakeholder uh, that you know this is what we are doing and we are you know progressing and now we will reach to our target so it is not that when you start something you communicate and you really don't communicate during the phase so therefore everybody has the right to kind of question okay what's happening you know where we are going and there you know the problem is so therefore the communication has to be you know very structured it should be uh, around a strategy and it should the messaging should be you know very very uh, kind of pinpointed and the consistency in messaging as well and who should communicate why one should communicate where to communicate how much to communicate you know and uh, with whom to communicate and which mediums uh, one should use to communicate so all this is you know has to be well planned well thought and documented and that's how we can you know control the frustration and can win the stakeholders and fans to be part of your journey and that's how we can achieve the success and reach to that top so how tough do you think it is to like plan for the long term uh, with with the kind of uh, attitude with that we have seen from stakeholders i mean i league clubs had to be brought kicking and streaming into the afc licensing criteria uh, isl franchises are only now coming around to it so how do you address this apparent conflict that comes up that okay now let us focus on something uh, you know get instant results to a certain extent and then think about long term development plans later so all is possible um, it's all depends uh, upon how you approach uh, with everyone 
how you engage them how you involve them how uh, you tell them that this would be the impact and this would be the gains and these are the pains if that happens in a very open uh, way uh, people will buy in you know the stakeholders will see the clubs definitely because they are a stand alone because they invest they have you know they think they say oh it's you know our money we are free to do whatever you know but then uh, you are telling us to do this that you know what are you, what are you doing for us you know these are the usual question comes and they may be the right yeah why you are telling us you know what to do with our money no, but what should happen is you know as is already you know is happening in a way like this clubs the stakeholders should know you know this is what uh, we will achieve together yeah and this is part this is the role we will play and this is if we play this role you know you will get into this you will reach here and you have to play this role you will reach there so therefore it's a partnership approach and a give and take approach and that's how you know the marriage will happen there has to be trust the trust need to be created you know they they need to see okay you are genuine yeah and it's all about communication those internal communication and showing a very very transparent plan because everyone buddy at the end you know would like to see a successful product whether as a national team whether as a club team yeah so there were everybody wants okay uh, you know what i am going to get if i do this so there were if we can showcase you know or um, present a picture definitely you know there's a bind and it it happens it is not that it doesn't happen but there has to be some compromises made in terms of to start and and if there are you know this low hanging fruits which one can identify in short term and to the if that is achieved then people you know participation kinds of gains so if there is one aspect of uh, you know of how football is administered and uh, practiced in one of the developed countries that you could have uh, in india right now what would you pick <laughs> it's a very interesting question but difficult also because it's not the one aspect you know, which is definitely uh, but uh, i would say you know the government is again a key role to play because government is not investing uh, in sports thinking community still they investing in sports thinking you know only uh, uh, winning olympic medals that's really a wrong strategy for government to have you know first the government should invest in sports thinking that this will help our community this will help our uh, children and youth uh, this will help to reduce lifestyle diseases this will help you know to have more constructive society uh, this will help our youth uh, to uh, achieve certain elements you know and and it can create unity it can create brotherhood you know and it can create value you know and that's where the go- and i think that's the key and if if government does this you know then definitely the champions will also come later because there are people there are organization institutions who will work 
for you know those elite with elite athletes under high performance uh, centers and the champions will come out but today the problem is uh, the participation is at very low we always say oh 1.25 billion but then you know the players playing might be as equal to iceland yeah and and maybe i uh, the population playing in iceland may be equal to here you know population playing football but you know the the way they are playing you know the the way we are structured is again you know different so you know it's not about population it's about you know how many children are playing in the in in sports in football and how they are kind of uh, you know nurtured how, what is the experience they are having you know in my book i am trying to present all that yeah. you know creating that experience you know creating that um, lifelong passion you know lifelong love for football you know that's very important we cannot take you know say everyone says oh you have to start at 6 at 6 doesn't mean you know you have to drill a child you know to make him a player but to give them a football experience you know that's what is important you know not that oh this uh, you why you haven't scored the goal why you could not trap the ball you know all this is not going to work you know when you say you know, one one says oh, you have to start at the age of 6 or 5 or 7 yeah but there is all about you know uh, kind of uh, putting uh, you know giving the experience to the children you know where they see football as a you know a friend you know football as a lifelong partner football as a uh, as a as a medium to have fun you know to medium to make friends medium to enjoy uh, the match you know to and that's what you know we need and and the government have to play that role and through you know they are uh, changing the educational policy you know changing the sports uh, uh, policy and and involving you know health sectors education sector social sector all into it and uh, that's how you know that one point is very key because more children play means is better for the country first and then definitely the you know game will benefit yes, so in your book you dedicate a chapter towards uh, you know just uh, making that happen you know uh, playing football in schools and everything so uh, what advice would you have for uh, you know parents who are concerned about uh, their children following uh, trying to take up football uh, professionally and more than 90% of who try to do that fail right so uh, how how do you See, get around i think our parents need to understand the importance of sports and they have to think that you know sports means value to life uh, and they should not think that i am putting my child to be a next messi or ronaldo or a tendulkar you know that's where they are wrong uh, they have to put a child into sports thinking that it will be of tremendous value not only to the child not only to the family and you know to the entire uh, ecosystem and they will have you know kind of a uh, they will be much better prepared uh, in life you know and then if they have the talent and if they get the environment definitely they can be professional players but then when they put the child at a early age you know thinking that you know they have to be messies they have to be ronaldos you know that's where the things are wrong because that's not one uh, any parent should think at a very beginning they should only think when they see 
a potential in the child at a certain age and when they know okay there is ecosystem will support and what i say is that okay you can spend 10 hours or 8 hours you know studying so why cannot you cannot find one hour to play the game you know in, in within 24 hours definitely you can find one hour uh, to play sport and school it is responsibility of the school and also the responsibility of the government as you know as per un charter you know uh, children has a right to play and it is when when these rights are not you know given to the child therefore we are not developing the child in the right way and this and uh, therefore the the children you know should get exposure opportunity uh, uh, to play sport and the school is the best uh, place to do that because they are spending considerable time in school and what i say you know uh, if they play in school you know the school should not think that you know we are producing champions that's where they are wrong you know they only think that okay uh, winning a match you know uh, winning a, uh, to produce a champion athlete uh, that no the school should like they uh, take humanities you know science like every student go through every subject therefore every child in a school must have the opportunity to play you know any sport that doesn't mean you know you produce you try to pro produce a champion no the champions will be produced by you know those professional agencies if the children are not playing you know first they are not becoming healthy yeah they are not going to be constructive yeah and uh, they will spend their energy in things which you know you ultimately say oh they are kind of uh, you know not disciplined yeah so they and the school and the society will gain a lot from you know having this so therefore i am kind of saying you know this should happen and and the children deserve this and today's generation they deserve more and more because they are in a you know in a digital world yeah in a virtual world so therefore they are more uh, spending their time uh, in their you know smartphones that is going to further uh, alienate them from you know uh, from many things uh, and yeah. they they will be uh, you know they have a lot of uh, impact negative impact yeah to the child itself to the society itself to the family itself so therefore i say you know you can really control uh, you know uh, this aspect as well uh, you know where they play means you know they are doing something which is which is requirement of the body today the children you know uh, lives in a ac house you know travels in ac bus in a ac school and when some of the child kind of sweats the parents thinks you know this is an unusual thing and uh, one should sweat because that's the requirement of the body and if you are not you know putting uh, you know those uh, uh, workloads in the body therefore your body is not you know uh, kind of uh, uh, your immune system won't develop your body won't develop your organ systems won't develop therefore sports is you know very fundamental for our survival because we are living in a you know very automated uh, you know world where everything is click of the button yeah, so that's why i'm saying you know this is the importance of the sports in schools not you know only to you know produce champions so one last question uh, you uh, we have just seen the under 17 world cup you know, play live for the first time uh, but you have been seeing them for a while now 
So how how did you see their uh, growth as players over the last couple of years, and has it exceeded expectations? I mean, what what does it mean for for an approach like this? Uh, to no, uh, really, uh, for me, last uh, three decades, I'm following Indian football, yes. and uh, I've never seen uh, a youth side, you know, playing like uh, this. We scored a goal against Brazil. Yeah, yeah, and they are they are confident. Yeah. Uh, they are displaying what they have been trained, and uh, they are not afraid. Yeah? And that shows, you know, their personality is being taken care. Yeah, and they are developing in skills as well. Technically, uh, they are growing. Yeah, so therefore, there's a transition. Yeah, and uh, I would say still there are gaps. It would take you know uh, maybe four or five years to fill that gap because again the work at the grassroots level, at the youth level, will determine that. But then these players, you know, can some of them really can be the leading lights for Indian football in next one decade. and they can there are possible stars but what need to happen is you know uh, they need to be in that environment you know and we need to sustain them and when they will play against uh, you know those top teams uh, in the under 17 world cup uh, you know they will be competitive and there you know people will see the indians will see you know that oh they can play you know they can match so therefore that would give you know strengthen the belief uh, that you know india can Uh, play football, and uh, it can really compete at the top level in the times st- in few years time. So the more investment will come into sports, uh, and more children will start playing football, and uh, the society will uh, try to uh, see that uh, you know uh, more uh, football uh, uh, programs uh, takes place. So therefore, all round there will be more encouragement, more support, and uh, uh, more confidence in the people. and uh, the ecosystem will start you know uh, uh, kind of uh, maturing so so one last uh, if i can uh, yeah. indulge you uh, so uh, we have seen like uh, northeast has been one of the bastions right uh, best some of the best players come out of it right now i think most of the players are coming out of there uh, so you see this restructuring happening uh, and uh, you know it seems like uh, you know what we are hearing none of the northeastern clubs are being considered to make the cut for the new top division so what do you think it means for clubs like lajong uh, you know azol fc to be you know left out that way because the kind of uh, you know passion and uh, uh, you know maybe in grassroots or uh, other kind of uh, inputs they bring to the uh, table uh, it seems that is being ignored and just uh, the budget is being concerned so oh. Like, do do you see this as a as a you know just just as a intermediate step or you know something problematic or something that maybe FIFA or AFC would look? I uh, think the plan is still under development. Uh, it's still under discussion. Uh, therefore, I don't think uh, you know uh, this something uh, like this happen where you know where northeast kind of uh, totally. disconnected that not the possibility my as already there is northeast united there no, they, it's just a, yeah. just that one team is being considered for eight states yeah. which is which is the biggest hub of indian football i i'm sure there are you know solutions for that and uh, when uh, when the, the stakeholders meet 
I am sure you know they will kind of take uh, all the pros and cons of it because it is not about today but it is about tomorrow. Yeah, and as as the majority of uh, the players coming from uh, that part of the country, so therefore uh, there should not be a vacuum uh, because if uh, say uh, the clubs are not participating at the top competition, therefore definitely the interest also uh, comes down. Yeah. yeah? So, but I'm sure you know there in this all discussion which is very open now, uh, people who are uh, kind of discussing, uh, bringing things in on the table, uh, will definitely find a right solution, whereby uh, all the concerns, uh, what uh, we keep hearing, uh, will be kind of considered. So that's my wish is, you know, because nobody should be, you know, left uh, out of the structure. And the structure, when the new structure comes, you know, everybody should benefit. And everybody uh, should uh, think that we have a role to play. And I'm sure that uh, will be considered. Let's hope. Yeah? Thank you, sir. Thank you. Pleasure. Well, there you go. That was a pretty much uh, intense conversation right there from everything touched upon, just like Sarunjit mentioned during the start. Now, just like all of us, when we talk about certain things, we end on a note that says, we hope that the future is bright. We hope that whatever happens is good for the Indian football. And here is the man, Mr. Shaji Prabhakan, who also ends on the same note. Uh, so I think Chiranjit is pretty much, we're all on the same side, right? Yeah, it's uh, one of the things, uh, you know, that, that I've always loved about the football culture hmm. is that there are these individuals, you know, we, we just, uh, when we watch a uh, match on TV, right. uh, you just see the players hmm. and the coach and that's it. Yeah. Right. But, when you engage with the culture, you see these countless individuals like this who have dedicated their life to the sport. But, you know, you don't see them on the pitch during the game. Hmm. But they are so instrumental, so important uh, to the development of the sport, to making to make the sport survive and thrive. And I hope, like, we get to talk more people like Shaji. I hope, like, more people like Shaji come out uh, in Indian football in the future. And yeah. we get to tell their stories like this. Right, right. Because you only see 22 men on the field, but there are many, many others walking behind the scenes, right? And one of them, you just heard him on the show. Now, well, if you want to talk to him on Twitter, he's on Twitter. And he's a pretty good, good chap to talk to. He replies instantly. And he's on Twitter as Shaji for football. So it's S-H-A, S-H-A-J-I for the digit and football. You know the spelling of football. Well, that's all, folks, today. I hope you enjoyed the interview and... Well, let us know what you think about. We are also on Twitter. Chiranjit as Chiranjit Oja. I'm on Twitter as Matthew 94 Do follow us, our main handle as well, TFG. We are on Twitter and Facebook. Now, you are listening to us on YouTube. So, all you have to do is like, share and subscribe to our channel. You can also hit on the bell icon. So, you, you know, you're updated with the new episode. You can also listen to us on Audio Boom, iTunes and SoundCloud, etc. All the other podcasting apps. Now, have a great day, folks. Come back to us tomorrow because we have exciting stuff ahead as well. Cheers and have a good day. Our podcasts bring all the boys to the yard and damn right, they're better than yours. But you don't need to stand outside in the yard. Just follow IVM Podcasts on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We might be on Tinder too. Just go ahead and swipe right.